So welcome to Common Rooms Perfect 10 series. Super glad you're here. Common Rooms Perfect 10 series is where we have 10 plus minute conversations, heavy emphasis on the plus with community and DevRel leaders live on Twitter spaces. We host a new leader on Twitter spaces every Wednesday morning between 10.30 and 11 a.m. Pacific time. And we hope to keep seeing you. I am Rebecca. I'm the head of community at Common Room, which is the intelligent community growth platform that helps you activate and scale your community so that you can build products and experiences that people love. Find me and a thousand more community leaders in our Uncommon Slack. Um, you can find us on Slack and more about the Uncommon community in general at commonroom.io slash and more about Common Room itself at the Intelligent Community Platform at commonroom.io. So last month, we do have an Uncommon Community newsletter, and Rosie was actually our guest curator. I asked her to describe herself, and honestly, she said, here's what I would say. If you ask Rosie today what the answer to life is, she will say community. One day, many years ago, Rosie discovered community and community building and has forever been in love. Community is everything. So Rosie is a community builder, mother, unschooler, and a known voice and influence for positive growth in the community space and elevating it as a whole. She's also the founder, creator, and author of Rosieland. So without further ado, hey, Rosie, welcome. Hello, hello. So when we chatted about potential topics for this Perfect 10 Plus chat, you mentioned a few things that you've been really passionate about. And there were four that we talked about specifically. We talked about conversations BC or conversations before community, um, community discovery, um, MVC or minimal viable communities and community flywheels. And so with the, with the desire to be able to focus on perhaps a couple of topics, we put it to a vote in the Uncommon community about which topics they were most interested in hearing about first. And community flywheels was number one. Um, and in a great tweet, which I will reshare from Common Room HQ's Twitter handle right after this, you have before broken community flywheels down into to various things. And you're like, there are strategic community flywheels, tactical community flywheels, say no to the community funnel of hope. It literally goes to 11, how many like moments that you break this down into. So without me describing them for you, I would love for you to take it away here and talk about community flywheels, the ideas for growth flywheels, engagement flywheels, and then what gotchas maybe we want to avoid. Yeah, that's a lot, right? <laughs> it is a lot. Uh, that tweet is a lot. <laughs> the tweet is so good. So uh, yeah, pick. Uh, feel free to choose your own adventure on this. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking about or building upon um, and learning about, I guess, like flywheels for the past couple of years. Um, slowly writing piece by piece, slowly exploring how others do flywheels, not only communities, but like businesses do flywheels. And a lot of my inspiration does come from, from the business world. But then like I, I take what other people have created and I think, well, how does this apply to community? because it's similar, but it's not the same. Um, and then a, a lot of it is also kind of trying to look back on my own experiences and in hindsight, kind of like looking back at what I've built in the past and looking at it and say, it's, it's just one big flywheel. And that's kind of like the conclusion I'm to now, that communities are actually just one big flywheel. And that's how I believe we should think about growing communities. It's like, we shouldn't launch communities. We should just start building them and building the flywheel. flywheel. And like once you, you start thinking like that, it's like, okay, that's interesting. So how do we start? And I think it, it kind of makes it more manageable, more like community builders can like look at communities and hopefully um, kind of be able to not be so overwhelmed about all the pieces that you need to have to build a community. You can just like start small and build and build and build. 
There's something I love um, to go back to that tweet because the number six, you say create flywheels for visualization and reference. And so I love how you sort of make it concrete there too, right? Where you're not just, you're advising people to not just think about, hey, how does a fly, how, how do we meant what a flywheel is, but to actually draw it out, right? Like step one, lead to step two, go back to step one and two, and how do they um, virtuously feed into each other? And so I do think that that's a really great call out too, where you're like, don't just conceptualize it, but go ahead and like write it down, draw it out and look at the moments in your community where it actually is a flywheel and how to keep that virtuous flywheel cycle going. Yeah. So I, I kind of came up with like strategic flywheels as, as a thing that is like the driver that helps you make decisions. So like, I think like in communities, like there's this thing, there's this idea that the things that you do in community and the things that you don't do and understanding what, what you can and cannot do is fun is, I think kind of fundamental to uh, en- enabling you to make decisions about what to do in community, because I think like um, sometimes we we can, we can get worried about well there's not enough to do but actually there's almost the, like the deeper you go in, into community there's almost too much to do and you have to um, have these kind of guiding principles or ways of thinking about what what you can and cannot do and um, how that impacts a community as well. Um, so like the strategic flywheels. Is, is more about that. It's like how do you make decisions about the the money you choose to accept, the members that you choose to to, to allow in, or, or you know all, all those kind of things, and that directly impacts the, the community as a whole. Um, and then like the the other angle is like the more tactical flywheels, and those those are guided by the, the strategy, but the tactical flywheels is more about like the, the operations, the day to day. It's like right to get something off the ground, I'm going to have to do A, B, C. Let's do ABC before thinking about DEF um, and um, just like really trying to break things down in, into pieces, but always knowing that you can refer back to, to the strategic flywheel um, as your guidance and choosing when to say yes and when, when to say no to things is pretty you know important, I think. So you juxtapose flywheels um, as like a yes, right? And then you're like, hey, also as a guidance, say no to the community funnel of hope. Can you describe what that is a little bit and then what the difference is, what outcomes a funnel of hope leads to versus a wheel? Yeah, so the funnel of hope is like something that I, I, I think I've seen a lot of people do. It's like, oh, I'm going to try this and this. I'm going to throw a, like a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks without actually thinking about where, where they're heading, whether what they're doing is going to be, whether you're going to build on top of that, they're just like going to try things and, and, and like keep their fingers. Um, whereas with the flywheels, it's, you know, it, it might seem like a small difference, but I think it's a very, it might be small, but it's, it's really important. It's just like every, every piece of the flywheel is important. And as, as you start doing things, you start understanding like how your community works and what keeps it going around. And as you're building it up, you'll understand what, if you pull something out, like if you pull out your uh, common room monthly newsletter, that's going to have a massive impact on um, your community because, you know, some community members might expect it every month and they use that as a reminder to check in and it reminds them about common room and reminds them about the events you, that you host. And if you were to stop that, that would probably have a big effect on, on your common room flywheel. Um but because you've built it up with this kind of visualization of a flywheel, you know that taking it out is, is going to impact it. So you won't take it out. Um, whereas with, with, with a funnel, it's like all these things and, and you don't know how, how, how they connect. 
Mm. And your boss might come to you and say, that newsletter takes you too much time. You spend far too long on it. Two days you spend pulling everything together. And, and it, you know, you could, you, could, you could be spending your time somewhere else. But if you can, like, pinpoint actually how it impacts other parts of the community, then it's a really great way to, um, you know, just, like, communicate back to, to your team, like, the, the value of your work and how it fits into um, all the other pieces that you're trying to do. Yeah, I suppose it's, um, I mean, to go into the physical world about it in it for a moment, it's like ecology, right? It's, it is a system. And if you took out some part of the system that doesn't look like this moss on this tree, is that helpful? <laughs> Take away the moss and you're going to see a lot of issues happen in the rest of the system. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I loved how you talked, you're, earlier you said, you know, there are some things that you do do in the community and then some things that you don't do. And when you create this flywheel, right, you can see which things have impact on other things and the size of that impact and what, what needs to be all interconnected. And I'm curious if you could talk a little bit more, either the do or the don't, where like some things to do in your community is like, here's some great ways that are almost always, almost always, yeses, do these things. And some things where you see people get up in your vast like number of experience and like wealth of knowledge in this space, where you see a lot of people falling into the trap of doing a thing that they actually shouldn't necessarily be doing, or maybe there's a time scale to it, right? Where you're like, don't focus your time there if you're at this time scale. I think there's certain mirages that as community managers, we're like, oh, I've seen a bunch of other communities do it, so I need to do that. But there maybe are some some general don'ts um, that you've seen people get stuck at. Yeah, I mean, the, the do's and don'ts, I think, are very tied into like your community culture. Um, and I think like a lot of communities perhaps don't take the time and the space to actually develop these or think about them enough. Um, like th- thinking back to like Ministry of Testing, um, we we did events, we did conferences as you know one of our main things every year. Like starting back like 2011, we, we you know what I believe that like the the software testing industry needed conferences, but I was I was also very clear in my mind what those needed to look like. And one of the things we didn't do was accept sales talks. And we were like pitched like all the time, like offered money. Like, you know, our director wants to talk about this test management solution, but that's just something we didn't do. So we were very clear. Everyone was very clear. That's not what we do here. We don't do that. That's not what our conference is about. Uh, you can't do that. Um, and then like on the flip side, is something we do do is all pretty much like all our speakers come from within the community so uh, everyone who applied was pretty much from the community we didn't have keynotes that was something that we didn't do we just didn't do keynotes we just made it completely community community focused um and that's what made the community and that's what formed the community and that's what made it uh, community driven community led however you want to say it and uh, and and it ended up kind of creating creating who we are by really focusing on that um and it doesn't mean it's easy. It's definitely, it's definitely hard. But like, you know, I see, I see a lot of conferences these days. It kind of gripes me up a bit at the moment. But there's a lot of conferences where they don't put out a call, call, call for papers. They don't allow the community to submit. They don't. Uh, you know, it's all very chosen behind doors, and it starts to feel cliquey. So that I wouldn't do in my community. But obviously, if that's what you want for your community, that's fine. But it's like understanding these choices and where these choices, you know, these choices. Um, lead your community somewhere and every choice you make you have to you have to be very very careful and mindful about about what you're doing yeah there's something 
Well, one, definitely. None of it's easy. Nothing that you do or community managers or leaders do is easy. Um, but there's something that I've admired about you for a really long time. And it's everywhere you write, right? You're, you're talking about, and I think you're getting to this in terms of the do's and don'ts and what you chose for the Ministry of Testing community is that you are clear in your expectations, right? Hey, we are going to do this. We are not going to do this. And I think that clarity and the more that you, whatever that clarity is, whatever those do's and don'ts are for your community, I think you are great at elevating the importance of setting those expectations and then abiding yourself by those expectations and allowing community members to come with you and understanding what the expectations are for the community in terms of clarity, direction, what we do believe in, what we do not believe in, what you can expect from us, what you shouldn't expect from us, et cetera. Yeah. And it, it guides people like, you know, at the beginning, it might not be well defined, but the more it was definitely not well defined for me, just to make that clear. I was like, I, you know, I'm a very much make it up a second way along kind of, <laughs> kind of person. But like the more we did it, the more it, it became defined. And then we started like communicating that. It's like, right, how can we start communicating what we're doing? Is it working? Let's do more of that. You know, how, how do we put it into our guidelines or our, our call for papers? Um, and it, and it becomes a thing over time. But it's definitely, you know, I don't want people to think like, you know, the first conference we did, it was this perfect conference that we had all this <laughs> laid out um, in, in a plan. It, it wasn't like that. It's like, all right, let's try this. Does it work? Did people like it? Did we get good feedback? Yes. Okay, let's do more of that. What next? What next? What next? <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's take the parts that worked really well and like double down on those and build on them. And the parts that didn't work so well, be like, okay, we tried. See you next time. Yeah. And the parts that work, build your flywheel. And that's the magic of it. It's like identifying the parts that work well and recognizing that those build your flywheel. And the parts that don't, it's fine. Just, just get rid of them. They're not important. So I loved earlier how you framed even why you started thinking about flywheels many years ago. And you're like, hey, you, you know, businesses do this. How, how do flywheels serve businesses? And then you said, and I think, again, this is such an amazing strength of yours, is you started thinking like, how does this apply to community? How do flywheels apply to community? Um, but I think what you do is you look at everything through the lens of how does this apply to community? And it shouldn't, it's almost funny because it shouldn't be like a, how does it apply to A? And now let's take A and apply it to community in terms of how does it apply to community B? Um, and I think what we're trying to get to, certainly at Common Room, is that community is business or is the business. Like the business will only be empowered and better and more elevated. And so I love that for so long, you've been taking this idea of like, look at everything through the lens of community. There aren't these like discrete separate things that should necessarily be community lives over here and business or product or experience or desired outcome lives over here. Those two things should be community as a lens in which we should approach everything. Um, and so I think there's a long way of getting to this idea of the second most pop popular topic as voted by Common Rooms Uncommon Community Members was conversations before community, how to have conversations that lead you to the right thing. Um, so I'd love to understand how you took that lens, right? Community for uh, how the, those two things pair together. Um, how do you think about everything in the lens of community? But there's actually pre-work in that community lens, which is have conversations first. So if you could talk a little bit about that, what conversations lead to, and then how those actually empower you to be able to look through everything through the lens of the community you've built. Yeah, I mean, it sounds so simple, right? I think like when I first said it, I was like, God, this is this is almost too simple to be true um <laughs> and um those are the I best ones like, yeah and like it's like all of these things is like i've been trying to like the, the reason i'm getting to these things is like after like two three years trying to think about how to 
communicate community because when I first started, even though I had built community, I wasn't very good at explaining community to people. And people were like asking me, oh, you've built this. How did you do it? Tell me how you did it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of did this and I did that. And la di da di da and then I had a community. <laughs> so I, I literally couldn't explain it. So like, ev- everything that I'm doing at the moment is trying to like break break things down into in, into the smallest pieces possible to try to explain. And when, when I see like uh, people talking about things, I kind of like think about them, and I, I, I try to think, hmm, how can I? How is that wrong? How is that not right? There's something there that doesn't feel quite right, but I, I don't I don't quite get it. And, and one of them was like. The, the hype around communities, like community first, community is amazing. We we all have to do community, and I was just like, no, no, we don't. That kind of feels like joining the hype cycle. It's like we we shouldn't all have community. Imagine if we all had community. It's like that that would be like horrendous. Like everyone having their own community and it become like incredibly overwhelming. Um, so like based on that, I was like, actually, it's it's not community first. It's conversation first because. Not everyone deserves a community. Not everyone needs a community. And to, to determine whether you need community, you need to start having the conversations to see whether you even want to do it in the first place. But also just to, like, you know, basic business principles. Is there a need? Is there too much competition? Do people actually care? Are, are you actually building the right kind of community? You know, these are all the questions that, that business people ask. But I'm asking it more in the, in the community sense. And um, I, I, th- I think that's, like... What what we need to get better at is like just talk to people first and what they think and see what their struggles are, see see what their desires are, their pains are, um, and then decide what to take next rather than c- kind of coming up with a solution first, right? I think there's you know there's plenty of like startup business stories where people have built you know spent millions or billions on on products and then they launch it and then it actually end up being the wrong product. Uh, community people are falling into the same trap. Uh, trying to build community when, you know, when it's the wrong kind of community or there's no need for community at all. Or, yeah, I think also sometimes we, we fall into this idea of like, well, now that we know a little bit, now that community has more eyes on it or visibility on it, let's say, and that visibility is growing, then our community should grow faster or something. And that's also, I think, maybe a, a misnomer where um, communities are still collections of people who are trying to figure out or you know, who are coming to a place to connect with others to get some sort of value or share some sort of value and that you can't rush trust and relationship building and time. Um, and what happens when you have those conversations and the building blocks of those conversations then lead, I think, to a, a growing and more engaged community, that flywheel again. However, I think we want to be like, well, now that more people have heard about community, we should just be able to like condense that time period that it takes to build trust in conversations and camaraderie and understanding and like shared value and expertise knowledge bases. Um, and so I'm wondering how you feel about the, what you've seen in the space, either a people who you think do community building really well and um, that maybe we should look at and, you know, try to model or learn from. Um, I think Rosie land is probably one of them, but you choose your own. Um, and then B, if you have any thoughts or, or parting thoughts around like, what you think about um, the speed at which people are perhaps putting pressure on themselves to build a community or to have the quote unquote community that they think they need right now. Yeah. I mean, like the the pressure to build is, is interesting. I think like, again, like people decide that they want a community and literally like, I I still get this 
Um, I, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't actually written something about it properly. I should, but like one of the biggest questions I get is like, what tool do you use for community building? I want to build a community. What tool should I use? Um, and, and they almost like, w without doing any research, without having any conversations, uh, people think that they can just like, you know, pull a Slack or a Discord together and um, magically uh, create create a community. Um, it's, it's a problem. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a real problem. And the, the consequences of that is that we, we end up with really crappy communities and then it impacts our, our industry because people like point at these communities and say, community doesn't work. But actually, communities do work. If, if done well um but yeah i, f I forgot the, uh, the the actual question but uh, <laughs> going 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 to like examples of communities i, th I think i think there's you know like indie hackers that i used to work at you know has been a great example of, of a community that has started from nothing and then supported by required and supported by stripe uh, make a pad as well it's like um all all fairly uh, simple uh, well i wouldn't say simple you know, there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes, but if we're looking at more product-based communities like Notion, like you know, it's it's almost entirely distributed. I believe, like the Notion community, they they don't have a forum like community-led. There's Reddit's that are managed, but they they do their best to embrace it, and they literally have a Notion page or a Notion section to try to uh, they keep up to date. I believe to like, keep their community supported and stuff like that. Um, and I think that's a great example, like at the size of Notion, that like I, I don't I don't even know if they have a forum yet or anything like that or, or official Slack or Discord. I don't I don't know. I don't think last time I checked they they didn't. I don't think I could be wrong though. But you know I think it's it's a great example of actually just like focusing on the people and focusing on, on the conversations that, that are happening and trying to trying to support them. Yeah, total kudos to Notion. Um, also in the way so they are an early design partner with Common Room and. I mean, actually, it was just last night where I was um, went to go grab their logo, and I also was just thinking in my head, Notion does such a great job of using Notion. Like, even their media and brand kit is accessed through a Notion doc. Um, and I was just like, kudos, Notion. Huzzah. <laughs> um, so I, I think one of the last takeaways I'd say, or you're, you said, and I look forward to whenever it is that you write this post, you know, what tools should I use when I'm looking at building a community? And I, I, I think... Ultimately, you're like, maybe you haven't written that post yet because you're basically like, listen, you're asking the wrong question or maybe it's not the wrong question. The answer you want to this question is not the answer you are seeking. The actual answer is conversations are the first tool you should be using in your community. And then once you know from those, A, that it's valuable, B, that it's necessary, C, that it's useful, D, that people want to be there, then you can understand from them where they want to be, which platforms those should be on. And you're like, conversations are the first tool. You're just like, see mm -hmm. previous post about conversations first. Yeah. And I, I often say to them, that if you don't know what tool to use and you haven't had enough conversations, you haven't done enough research, you haven't done your community discovery, because if you had, you'd kind of know uh, what, what kind of tools you should be using. Your members would be asking you for things and... Uh, kind of annoying you saying like I really want someone to go and ha speak together with people can you please set something up you know that's quite quite a common thing is like we want to do something together can you can you support us to do it and that's like um, how communities often grow is people request stuff and you, you support it and that's that's like the ideal situation you want to be in is like supporting people rather than forcing things that you you, you think are the right solutions but actually people don't really want
Yeah, it probably goes back all the way to come for full circle or full flywheel, right? It's like ask, have conversations, ask what people need, understand how you can serve them, deliver on those, have conversations about that, ask what they need, understand, deliver on those repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly uh, repeatable. Uh, it's, you know, it can be fun or tedious. It depends how you look at it, but it's true. It's just like talk to people. It's amazing how, how many people don't actually spend the time talking to people. Where can people learn more about you if they don't know about you already? Um, Rosaland is great. Your personal side is great. But if you could tell us a little bit about your deets. Yeah, I think that's that's about it, Rosaland. <laughs> You're like, that's uh, it? Sign up for money? That's it. Yeah, I've got a newsletter. I like to write. I teach stuff. Uh, I try to teach stuff. Um, I tweet a lot about community. <laughs> um, and yeah, just rosie.land is my... Um, is my little land, I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a little land, but that is a humble way to say it. <laughs> Rosie, thank you so much for spending your time with us. Well, thank you so much again, Rosie, and thanks to everyone. Um, Rosie is in the Uncommon community, so if you have some ideas about what you'd like her to write about next, but weren't sure how or if you wanted to raise your hand here, find her there um, or find her. She loves DMs on Twitter. Or, you know, she probably she loves public discussion on Twitter about community. So do your thing and we will see you next time. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye.